being in community sometimes is like more uncomfortable before it becomes really comfortable and supportive because we have to flex these muscles that we're not used to. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder that this podcast is for general educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. And we always recommend that you see a licensed health professional accordingly. This week, listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to Taylor Elise Morrison, who is the woman making self-care approachable instead of aspirational. And not sure what she meant by that. I did my internet stalking and really fell in love with her approach. And I'm going to quote I'm not vilifying the mainstream approach to self-care. I'm saying it's incomplete. You can't buy your way out of burnout. You can't treat yourself out of a lifestyle that's unsustainable. Doing more, even more wellnessy things won't necessarily make you feel less stressed. And I really resonated with that, especially knowing, you know, with my corporate career and then being an at-home parent through virtual school and fostering, like all those things made a lot of sense to me. So I want to tell you a little bit more about Taylor and then I'm excited, Taylor, that you're here and we get to learn more from you. But Taylor turned self-care, being bad at self-care into a career, which I just think is funny, and founded the media company Inner Workout that focuses on mental health and is the author of the book by the same name. Again, I just, I love the idea of inner workout because we justify so much in our aesthetics and, oh, I need to work out to be healthy. And then here we are like, we also need to do inner work. That sounds woo. Inner workout is just very clever. So Taylor and inner workout have been featured on Fortune, named one of 10 innovators shaping the future of health, as well as South, The Cut, Forbes, Bustle, and many more. And her new book, Inner Workout, offers a practical and accessible approach to self-care that meets you where you're at. Her take-care assessment measures well-being across five dimensions. And Taylor's mission is not to change who you are, but rather to strengthen your connection to the wisdom you already have within. Welcome to The Whole View, Taylor. Can you share more about yourself and how you turned being bad into single, <laughs> being bad at self-care into a career with us? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me, Stacey. And I love that you're like, oh, I think that's funny because I think it's funny too. It's like the most hilarious cosmic joke that I am this person who has a tendency to be a workaholic, to really orient myself to or overachieving. And what really happened for me is I had this moment in 2017. I had just gotten married. I was working full time at a startup. I was their first full-time employee, so I was doing a lot. I had a company on the side. I was volunteering for multiple nonprofits, and I was also like trying to have a social life. And I had this Sunday night where I was 
doing what maybe a lot of us try and do, like plan your week. You've got your planner. Maybe you've got your laptop up. And I realized I wasn't like planning. I was actually kind of panicking and not realizing like, how am I going to be able to get all of this done? I was feeling really overwhelmed. And that overwhelm was a pretty familiar place for me. But I did something that wasn't my familiar, my normal response that night. I decided to close my laptop and set aside my phone and take a bath, which is funny now because a lot of times I'm telling people that self-care is more than baths, but my journey did start with a bath. And what I realized that was really my first self-care ritual was on Sunday nights, like winding down, spending some time in the bathtub. And it wasn't actually about the bath. It was about the fact that I was listening to myself and responding in the most loving way possible. And I actually could do that at any point in the week, at any time of day. And that's what led me into thinking and talking about self-care the way that I do as listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. And the more I talked about it, the more other folks were like, wait, I'm having the same issues as you. I'm struggling with self-care too. And it turned into inner workout and a book and all of these other things. I think it's funny that you were the epitome of that meme that we can all relate to, which is like the picture of Cruella DeVille from the original Dalmatian movie. Have you seen that meme where it's like me trying to do all the things and like whatever all the things are to, you know, everyone who's listening. For me, that's, you know, being a mother, doing the podcast, owning my own business, right? Like all these different things. And like your your Cruella DeVille in that moment. And then the irony of it being, oh, I just need to take a bath. But I think it's like you said, a lot, I talked to a lot of people who are like, I have my best ideas in the shower. And it's because it forces us. It's I really like water aerobics as my method of like being active. And it's because it's also an act of self-care, not just the physical exercise, but also because I have to put my phone and everything like in a locker and truly disconnect. And I think about a lot of things during that time. And I'm able to like, listen to myself, what do I want to do? I have creative, you know, bursts of ideas and also decide like, oh, I'm not going to do that thing. And I think I'm going to say no to this invitation that I got or like different kinds of things that come up for us when we're in a shower, when we're truly disconnected. And sometimes if you don't make time for that, it happens to a lot of people when their head hits the pillow. For you, that was Sunday nights when you were planning. But I talked to a lot of people also who were like, I hit my, my, my head hits the pillow because they haven't had a moment to truly like be with their thoughts. Then the anxiety of all those thoughts floods them. So anyway, I just was like having a lot of visions of different memes and things that people have told me, as you were saying, and I think a lot of people relate to that. I'm curious what your background is. I mean, that's your story. Yes. And kind of what is your passion, your education, your experience that led you down? I'm going to I'm going to do this more for just my than just for myself. Yeah. So in college, I studied human and organizational development with a focus in leadership and organizational effectiveness. And I like to say that's a lot of words. I always have to take a deep breath before I say that. But really what I studied is like how people work and how people work together. And so I've always been really curious about people and 
the entry point that my career came into ended up being a lot about caring for people. I started my career in a leadership development program where I was working on employee culture and employee experience and how can we make the workplace someplace that if you've got to spend 40 plus hours a week here, that it's as enjoyable and as fulfilling as possible. Then I worked at a health and wellness startup that I was running operations and doing a bunch of different things. And then I went back to Fortune 100 world and was working at a startup owned by a Fortune 100 on their culture team. And so a lot of my professional work has been around like making people feel cared for. I wouldn't have used those words in the past in like operationalizing the way that people feel cared for. And then outside of that, I just love to learn. So I got my yoga teacher training when I started getting more into thinking that I wanted wanted to build structures and frameworks for other people to practice self-care. And then since then, I've gotten like a coaching certification. I'm an ICF International Coach Federation certified coach and a meditation and mindfulness practitioner and a resilience practitioner. So as I've started to have my own thoughts and ideas around self-care, I've also wanted to make sure that I have the training and the support so that I can hold space for people effectively. I think it's really important. It's almost an act of care for myself to make sure that I'm supported as I'm supporting so many other people, that I have knowledge, resources, tools, and network that I can lean on. So I'm not trying to do this my own because, yeah, that's the whole point. That's what I'm always teaching is that we are supported, that yes, there's things that we can do for self-care on our own, but also we need to have a community and support systems around us. Yeah, I think the idea of community is something that got lost somewhere along the way. I remember when I had my kids who are now graduating high school that I heard so often, like, it takes a village. And yet the idea of leaning on community or, you know, trusting yourself but not controlling everything yourself, like that there is a line there that is part of self-care practice, right? Like the idea of trusting yourself is something that I took to an extreme. And I'm wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about like the difference between identifying your own expertise or your own desires and you know leaning into that as you listen to yourself but also learning to trust in a community of people to let your vulnerability come out a little bit and the benefits that maybe you've seen yourself or from others when you do that because I think that they have to go hand in hand right like we can't I've learned through my own self-care practice that as an Enneagram 8 but I think a lot of people who are Type A personalities are the people who really like aren't making time for self-care are the people who are trying to control every situation and like, no, I'm going to go get this manicure and that's going to do everything. But while I'm getting my manicure, I'm on my phone and reading my emails, I'm doing whatever. And it's not actually a self-care practice, right? Yeah. I love that you brought this up. I'm an Enneagram 3, so I have some overlap of how externally I can show up, even if my motivations, my internal motivations are a little bit different. Man, there's where to even start with this. I think that 
when I talk about self-care as listening within and responding in the most loving way possible for the type A among us, it's like, oh, the loving response has to be all me. And that does us a disservice for multiple reasons. One, there's literally only so much capacity that we have. So if we're trying to be everything and give everything to ourselves, as many of us who are listening are also trying to be a lot for a lot of other people, we're going to keep hitting up against walls. That's how we get burned out. That's how we decide, you know what, actually, I'm not going to prioritize self-care. I'm just going to prioritize everyone else. And so we need to bring other people along with us for capacity reasons. Also, because as you alluded to, humans were made to exist in community. That is our nature. And for a lot of reasons over the course of history, we've pivoted to this idea that we're just supposed to care for ourselves and maybe like our nuclear family. Whereas before, if all of us trace back to our ancestors, they were living in communities and sharing a lot of the work of living, whether that's cooking or caring for children or foraging for things or hunting. And so when we invite people in, and I'm not saying that we have to like all of a sudden everyone live in a communal home, even though like cool. I'm if that's what, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've been ready to have my own commune. And, you know, like email me if you're ready. No, I'm kidding. But, I, I, but kind I of seriously. Yes. yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying everyone has to do that. But honestly, like There's some interesting conversation to be had there. But even little things like I recently had it with a friend where like my car was in the shop and I was so afraid to say, hey, can I borrow your car? Even though she lives down the street and I know it's sitting like in front of her place. And I asked and she was so happy that I asked. And it ended up being great because then I picked up toilet paper for her as I was like using her car. Like there's so many opportunities for us to feel connected and interdependent as we're meant to be when we stop trying to do everything alone. And then finally, it also adds like accountability and celebration. When we are doing things together, at least for me, I'm more likely to do something if I know someone else is going to be there or someone else is going to ask me about it. I'm more likely to continue to do something when I know someone is going to be celebrating milestones with me. So for those three reasons of like capacity, of returning to our nature, our communal nature, and having people to celebrate and to hold you accountable are all reasons that we want to incorporate an aspect, an element of community into our care. And when we're doing it well, it's not about this person knows more than me, this person knows better than me. It's this exchange where I can honor you and your wholeness and what you need, and I can be here to give whatever I have, time, resources, skill sets, in honor of what you need to feel cared for, and then you or someone else in my community can do the same for me. So it's not about hierarchy. It's about support. I love it. I'm wondering how that is incorporated into the take care assessment that you do like how do we evaluate those areas in our lives because I think a lot of us think oh I have friends I would ask them for help if I needed it but I know truly like in that moment I find ways to I'll call an Uber I won't ask for the car right like different things like that where 
And even then, I'm really depending on the person in the Uber and that I'm paying them. I'm still like dependent on someone, but it feels like independence or control on my end. And so I know that for me, external review is helpful to think through some stuff. So what is encompassed in this take care assessment and kind of those five dimensions that are included? Is some of that related to what we're talking about or is it more truly self-reflection? Yeah. So the biggest in my personal self-care journey, the first like big revelation was that self-care was a conversation that I was having with myself. I'm listening. I'm responding with love. The second big revelation was these five dimensions of well-being, and they are inspired by a yogic concept called the koshas. So they're, I say inspired by because they're not like, they're my interpretation, et cetera. And there's five dimensions. Before I go into them, let me just say like what they helped me do. They helped me realize that there's more to me than my physical body. And I find that a lot of times when we're talking about health and well-being, we just talk about our bodies and self-care kind of begins and ends with us getting our nails done or us like stretching or getting a massage when there's so much more to care for. And it also helped me understand how there could be moments when I was doing something that was quote unquote self-care, but I wasn't feeling cared for. And it was because I was giving care to a part of myself that wasn't actually asking for the care. So that's what these five dimensions of well-being can do is like give you some language. And the take care assessment is an easy way to kind of check where you're at. It's a 75-question assessment that measures your well-being across these five dimensions. And there's also 14 sub-dimensions. We won't get into all of those. And then it gives you like this nice PDF with your results, where you're at, and then three personalized practices that you can try based on your results. So that's completely free. You can try that out. And then in the book, we like go much deeper into each of these dimensions and sub-dimensions. So the first dimension is the physical dimension, which from our perspective at Inner Workout is all about the conversation you're having with your body. What is your body telling you and what are you telling to your body? Are you saying kind things to it? Are you being mean to it all the time? And are you able to understand how your body speaks to you, what it needs when it's feeling tight or when you're feeling tired? So that's the physical dimension of well-being. Then we have the energetic dimension, which looks at the way energy moves through your life. Part of that is through your breath. Your breath can have such a positive or negative impact on your overall well-being. And then we also look at the way that energy ebbs and flows in your days, whether that is because of interactions you're having with other people, because of tasks that you have going on. And it's not about saying like, I don't want to do anything that ever drains my energy, but it's noticing, okay, what's depleting my energy? What's replenishing my energy? And am I happy with the way that's showing up in my life right now? Then there's the mental and the emotional dimension. That's one dimension that has like two words in it, which looks at how you're using your brain. Are you supporting it, nourishing it, challenging it in a good way? It looks at your relationship to your emotions, how you're able to name and work through them. And that's all supported by sleep because, yes, sleep affects how you feel physically. But I would guess if there's a lot of parents listening, you also know that like 
when you're low on sleep, you're probably not processing your emotions well. You're probably more likely to snap at someone or your brain feels foggy. So that's the mental and emotional dimension. Then there's the wisdom dimension that's about accessing your inner wisdom through being present by trusting yourself. You brought that up earlier, Stacey. And then by taking aligned action on whatever comes up through your inner wisdom. It's one thing to like hear your inner wisdom say like, ooh, maybe don't say yes to that opportunity. But it's quite another thing to actually say no to the opportunity. That's the aligned action. And then finally, there's the bliss dimension, which is all about this deep state of connection to a true and full expression of yourself, connection to community, and connection to something bigger than you, whether that is through religion and spirituality or by getting outside in nature. There's a lot of ways for you to realize that you are like a part of a whole. The world doesn't just revolve around you. So those are the five dimensions. And if you want to like see where you're at with them, you can take the take care assessment. Y'all, I am so thrilled. This podcast is sponsored by my beloved hair care products, Vegamore. They're back to give you a discount, which is awesome because so many of you have been telling me how you're seeing results since trying their products. I love being a walking infomercial for Vegamore. I have visibly thicker, fuller, much longer hair without all the harsh ingredients. They are the cleanest ingredients I can find with proven results. It is the only thing that I found to meet my standards, clinically tested to improve density up to 52%, reducing shedding by 76%, and 91% of customers say that they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months. This is your sign. Do not sleep on these incredible products. All Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free, no harmful chemicals, and never contain parabens. I use the Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Foundation Kit, which also includes the Clarifying Serum. This is super good for scalp health, especially since I also use and love their dry shampoo. It helps literally clarify the scalp. It all smells so good, but uses only fruit oils, no synthetic fragrances. And their new leave-in conditioner spray with heat protection is awesome. I have been loving it. Finally, a clean one. I literally have been looking one for so long. I have been able to make my second, third, and even fourth day hair so happy with a combination of the dry shampoo and leave-in conditioner combo. I love having to only wash my hair once or twice per week, even in the summertime. So see what I love at vegamore.com slash whole view. And there's no risk when trying because they have a 90 day money back guarantee. If you're looking for a new self practice or just wanting to try something new, give yourself the hair you never thought you could have with Vegamore. For a limited time, you, the Whole View listeners, get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash wholeview, code wholeview to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash wholeview, code wholeview. I love that. And it aligns a lot with, I've talked on the show before about 
Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is something that I learned about when I was doing training to be a treatment foster care worker. We work with children who have been through extensive trauma and like what you're talking about, that bliss dimension is essentially like the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like you can't think beyond yourself if your own needs aren't being met. And I think that there are a lot of people in the world that now that I've learned more about those things and worked on myself and met my own needs in all those other areas, I am able to kind of see, oh, that person, instead of kind of getting angry and reactive about a lot of things, I'm able to see, oh, that person's needs aren't being met. That person Mm -hmm. is very much in like their own self world. They're not thinking about others. They're thinking about how everything is impacting them. And I think that's such an underrated and untalked about benefit of this practice of self-care is not only do you get the benefit to yourself and all the things that you're talking about, like the take care assessment is very self-focused, but in being able to make that progress and doing you know, the things that you're talking about. I love that it also comes with like three targeted activities that people can do for themselves. I find that kind of that next level for me is not just about myself, but in being able to have compassion for others instead of frustration with others. And not just in a way of like the child that's in my home that's traumatized. Obviously, I have compassion for that child. But I also have compassion for their parental parents who maybe they you know, had a very difficult life and got addicted to drugs or have mental health challenges or all of these kinds of things. And the world was not set up in a way to support their needs at that time. And so being able to have compassion towards them or being able to have compassion in a political discussion when someone is getting like super angsty and frustrated about a differing of an opinion instead of kind of going head to head and clashing being able to say, I hear where you're coming from and where your concerns are and being able to have a rational conversation and maybe making progress with one another instead of just being like this. I don't know, like, you know, listeners can't see it, but I just feel like there's so much of the world that is very much like fist to fist push push instead of that community living, right? Like we got out of being a village altogether. And so we've got this very divisive bubble that we create in our social environments, whether it's online or in person or whatever, right? Like I live very much in the bubble where I live and the area that I live is very much aligned to, you know, my own political beliefs and all of these kinds of things. And I think a lot of us are raised in a community of like-minded people. That's just what our communities are. And we have to work on that bliss area we have to work on that ability to be compassionate towards others if we truly want to find happiness within ourselves is my point not just for others but also how much more peace I have and being able to say that's not about me that's about somebody else right like have you found in some of your work at that bliss level that people are able to identify I don't know. I guess it's new for me is what I'm trying to say. This is not an area that I kind of even ever understood 
existed for people. And now that I see it, I'm, oh, I can't unsee it. And I want to share it with the world. How do I do that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's funny because we're in the midst of doing a pretty big rebrand for Inner Workout. And so I've been going back to the drawing board on like, what do we believe? How do we talk about things? And I've been massaging some like principles, some things that like we as a company live by and that like we'd encourage other people to live by. And one of the principles that I really like is that it is personal. Don't take it personally. And it speaks to what you're saying. Everyone is coming to a conversation, an interaction through the lens of their personal experience and how they're responding to things is personal based on their needs, based on their upbringing, based on their worldview, based on whether or not their needs are being met. And so my job, your job, everyone's job is to not take it personally. And like what you said, like being curious about that. It's so different to be curious about why do you feel that way? Or I notice you're responding like this versus, oh, there must be something wrong with me that they're responding in this way. And so I think with community care, which like we at Inner Workout, we talk about building your self-care support system and the importance of having partnerships and getting like really clear on who the people are that support your self-care. Part of it is like having conversations, naming things like, hey, I would love for you to be an accountability buddy or a celebration buddy, or I'd love to exchange in this way. There's a, a woman who at times has been kind of like a mentor to me. She lives not too far away. And they had like a babysitting co-op in their neighborhood where they would rotate houses in the neighborhood and one couple would like take all the neighborhood kids and then the other couples would get to have their Saturday evening dates and it would rotate. And like that's another example of how community can support each other. And they had to get really clear on, okay, how do we rotate? What is expected? Who pays for these things? How long are people going on dates? Like it requires a lot of clarity of communication. And I think that if we want to get it to this place, where we are being more compassionate with whoever we're interacting with, whether or not we're like, we consider ourselves to be in community with them. But then also, if we want to get to a place where we're in deeper community with the people we are closer to, it requires a lot of intentional communication, a lot of making the unspoken or the things that we assume explicit so that we're all on the same page. And that can be really uncomfortable especially for those of us who like would prefer to assume and project, especially for those of us who would rather just do everything ourselves and avoid having the conversation with other people. Being in community sometimes is like more uncomfortable before it becomes really comfortable and supportive because we have to flex these muscles that we're not used to. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of sense. And I like the alignment that you're working towards. And I think that it's important as we have conversation about self-care to understand that it benefits community, right? Like me taking care of myself benefits my children because I have more patience, as you said. It also benefits a greater community and my ability to have patience or compassion or be curious, like all of these things, which in turn helps me be peaceful or 
blissed or what, right? Like these different areas that you focus on. I think it's also interesting to me that you have shared, not here yet, we're going to go there, that you have ADHD because I live in a neurodiverse house and I know how really difficult self-care is for my husband like his definition of self-care is very definition different than my definition and I think it's difficult for me to know how to support him and what his true self-care looks like versus what he claims his self-care looks like which might sometimes actually be problematic right like are doom piles helpful or are they problematic right like these kinds of different things and so I'm curious how with your ADHD you said that it kind of can become a superpower that you tap into both for you know creating your business but in general with life tools I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that and how neurodivergence can lend itself to self-care in a positive way for people Yeah, I got diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood. And so what I realized is that I'd basically built my whole life in my business, in my book, with a lot of coping mechanisms for the ADHD that I didn't realize that I had. And so, and something I was just talking about this with someone last week at a conference, how when we like create worlds that are in situations, households that work for neurodiverse people, it tends to work better for everyone in general. So even if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm neurotypical, I think there's something still for you to take away here. And when it comes to self-care, what I find works really well for me and for other neurodiverse folks that I've talked to is this idea of like flexible structure. And if you think of muscles, I like... I grew up dancing and I also had like a group fitness certification at one point. So I had to read a bunch of anatomy things. But when you think about the human body, you actually don't want to be too flexible because that makes you prone to injury. You need to find this balance between flexibility and strength in order for you to do what you need to be able to do. Like for me as a dancer, I needed to be both flexible and strong. And the same is true for neurodiverse folks. We need enough flexibility so that we can have novelty. Like I need novelty and interest and I need enough structure. I almost think about it as like having a playground with a fence around it. And that means I can like throw the ball as hard as I want to. I can play and everything and I don't have to worry about other things. I can be really free because I have some structure to kind of surround me and keep me safe. So when it comes to self-care and going back to this idea of like listening within and responding in the most loving way possible, the structures that I have are like, I know for me, I will be more focused if I move my body in the morning. I will be more focused and engaged if I'm not looking on social media first thing in the morning. I have some set things that are like, This is how it is. This is how it needs to be for me to be supported. And also, I give myself flexibility in that. I know I have to move first thing in the morning. 
This morning, I did like a 20-minute beginner yoga sequence, even though I can do relatively advanced yoga, but that was what I needed. Sometimes I live by the lake. Sometimes it's a walk to the lake. Sometimes it's two minutes of stretching. The movement is pretty non-negotiable, but I get to have this like novelty and fun by, oh, it doesn't have to look the exact same every day. And I feel like a lot of times when I see other people talk about self-care, it gets almost dogmatic and like you have to wake up at 457 and you have to do this exact thing and then you have to do this. And like that sounds so boring to my brain. But knowing, okay, I'm going to do these things every day and every day I have the freedom to make it like new and exciting for me. That sounds fun. And that sounds like it's meeting me where I'm at. So that's like one example of how I can take something that's related to how my brain works as someone with ADHD and adjust my approach to self-care to really support that. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it helps me understand my neurodivergent partner and children's needs. And also, as you were talking, I was thinking about the people who are very much on the other side of that coin, who really need like a dogmatic approach, right? Like they need to be within a structure of, okay, I'm going to get up every morning at 5 a.m. and do this thing or else I've if I don't do it, then I stop doing it altogether. And if that's something that someone is experiencing, I wonder if part of that is because they need more fun. They need more bliss, right? If something has to be so regimented, like, are we really enjoying it? Because one of the things that I think is part, you know, your assessment and program, but also just any sort of definition of self-care in general and the health benefits that we get from self-care, which we've done a lot about self-care on the show and the science of how incredibly important it is for our long-term health. But also part of that means that we have to be finding joy in those things. It's not just about like, oh, I'm physically moving my body because that's what I need to do body to be healthy like physically it's also about the emotional and the brain piece so when you were talking about your five dimensions like in my mind it's it all integrates right because you can't do you can't have bliss if you don't have these other things and part of that it has to come together and so if listeners you're feeling frustrated because that feels like an on-again off-again relationship Part of what I've done is take a pause on some of the things that weren't serving me to allow space in my life to evaluate, okay, and how do I want to bring things into my life in different ways, in more positive ways that I feel good about that serve a need that I have for physical movement or for whatever, but still make me feel good in every aspect, not just the aspect of filling this physical need. And I guess I'm guessing because you come from a background in wellness, that's something you've incorporated and, you know, have worked with people on. I'm wondering if maybe you can talk a little bit more to that. Yeah. So many thoughts. The first thing (laughs) that was, I was just reflecting as you were saying is that like, 
sometimes we just hear the phrase self-care so much that we forget that it is about feeling cared for. It is about you making yourself feel cared for. So if you're at this place where everything is just an obligation, I would argue that you're not actually feeling cared for. You're just kind of checking boxes. And to your point, it's like, maybe I do need to pause and do something else. I mentioned earlier about how like our ancestors lived in community. I think something that we also forget as like humans who live in the 21st century is that we are a part of nature. And even though we live in our homes and we have air conditioning and we think that we're so separate, like we are meant to be a part of nature. And the reason I bring that up is because nature has seasons and cycles. It's expected for nature to change. I live in Chicago, so I get to experience every season. Maybe that's a little different where you are, but you still notice shifts and changes of like what birds are there, even if you're in like San Diego and it's sunny and nice all the time. And what we can forget because we live in these artificially similar environments all the time is that like we are meant to need different things depending on the season of our life the age of our kids, the weather outside, these different things. And it's okay for us to change what our what we need. That's why we talk about self-care as a conversation. It is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. And sometimes you're going to listen within and hear something that's different than what you heard three months ago. And that's not a cause for alarm. That's just you being a human and evolving and changing as you're meant to because you're a part of nature. So you might need to pause on some things. You might need to see where you can add in some more fun or excitement. But it's I just really want people to know that it's okay for you to change. And it would actually be really strange if you never had to tweak anything. I know most of us are not practicing the self-care we deserve. No, you don't need to buy anything. And at the same time, one of my favorite ways to practice self-care is to indulge in safer self-care. Beauty Counter is raising up beauty. It's a little luxury that makes a positive impact on our health for all of our collective communities through legislative change and giving back, as well as for the earth through sustainable manufacturing practices and fair trade ingredients. For me, shopping is a way to vote with my wallet, with a brand that aligns to my values. If it's all new for you, you can give it a try with 20% off. Go to beautycounter.com slash Toth and use code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off your first order. They stand behind their high-performance products with a fantastic 60-day no-questions-asked return policy. And if you're already a long-term fan, maybe refresh your makeup for summer with Flawless and Five. I find that I genuinely feel so much better if I just take a few minutes to put on this bundled makeup set that literally takes five minutes and it's discounted as a set, which you can customize. I recommend choosing my beloved Dew Skin, which also includes safer daily SPF as well. And don't forget to add VIP perks to get even more savings, 10% back, free shipping, and a welcome gift on qualified orders. Currently, that is the Glow First Priming Serum, which is fantastic for summertime, making sure your makeup and skincare don't move around on your face, valued at $65. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's seriously 
Band of Beauty is not Columbia House. It's nothing weird or sketchy. It's just like prime for better beauty. And all you have to do is add SKU 9000 Band of Beauty membership to your cart and take advantage of all the perks. If you're not sure where to start, I would love to help you pick out just the right thing to help you love the skin that you're in. You can email me, Stacy at realeverything.com if you want help. Beauty Counter is getting safer products into the hands of everyone through health protective laws while also giving back to people and planet as a certified B Corp. Go to beautycounter.com slash Stacey Toth, just like any other website. Choose me, S-T-A-C-Y-T-O-T-H, and use code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off at beautycounter.com slash Stacey Toth. I love that idea of seasons of self-care. I think that makes a lot of sense and is something I can definitely relate to. And I think the hardest thing for me is being able to recognize when those needs are changing or like when those seasons are changing. And as much as I'm a huge advocate for self-care, much like you, I'm pretty terrible at it, which is why it's something I focus on, right? It's something I have to bring into my life. And I find that I am usually not realizing I need it until my cup is pretty empty, right? Like when it's almost too late and I'm, I've learned to identify a lot of those things myself. I love that you have an assessment where, you know, people can take at any time, any season in their life, because I think on any given day, the responses and the results are going to change because there are five dimensions of that self-care assessment. There's going to be things that we're doing Maybe you're great about your physical self-care, you know, sleep isn't something you're focused on or giving yourself time to pause and to think isn't something. And so I think a lot of times we all still think that no, no matter what activity we're doing for self-care, it has to help or support somebody else in some sort of way. Like I know when I talk to a lot of specifically moms, but people in general who say, well, I can't do self-care because I feel guilty. It feels selfish to me. And self, or someone will say, well, self-care is just a marketing term that people are using to sell. It's not actually needed. And I think, first of all, those are probably the people who need it the most because that's me, right? But also, I'd love if we could talk a little bit more about how we can reframe some of these thoughts to think positively about the mindset of, you know, how these activities, maybe we don't even call it self-care, right? The inner work, inner workout we're doing is maximizing our life, maximizing other people's life, maximizing the lives of those around us in the world and community, and also creating balance and peace like all of these things are required if we truly want to live that a life where things just feel good and easy and we're not like chasing all the time and I think maybe not everybody identifies with that both of us are entrepreneurs so I'm guessing that you're also chasing the dream sometimes but I imagine that it looks very different for both of us 
but like I am a woman of size. You're a woman of color. Things are dif- difficult. L- life is not easy. Like there are things that are set up against us in the world. And I feel like if we don't take that time to truly practice, to be curious, to have compassion, to find peace, which is required, whether we're calling it self-care or inner workout or whatever it is, like we have to do that, I think, to be able to be happy in our own lives. And if people aren't making space for that, they're really just doing themselves a disservice, which is sad. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought this up because there's just like, I'm always of two minds as being someone who now works in the wellness industry because I do see the ways that wellness and yeah, the space has really, I like I can empathize with people who are like, yeah, self-care is just this buzzy marketing term, even though I own a self-care company because especially this was happening before the pandemic, but also like through the pandemic, self-care is a search term was just booming and companies realize everyone's looking for self-care. How can I sell self-care to other people? And what I would say to the people who are like, yeah, I don't feel totally like people are speaking to me or I feel like people are just trying to sell to me is like, you're not wrong. And also, you still need self-care, whatever you want to call it. You still need it as just a function of being human. And so for anyone who is feeling a little bit icky about it, I would encourage you to see, practice self-care the way that I'm talking about it. Again, you can call it self-care, call it not self-care. All I'm asking is that you find space to listen to yourself and to respond with love. And here's a challenge that I would add. See how you can respond without spending any money. And you would be surprised, like all of the things that you can do for yourself that don't require you to buy that thing that you keep getting Instagram ads for, that don't require you to like try and become another person and emulate with this person who like doesn't have your lived experience or has a very different body than you. Like really lean back into your knowing of yourself and using the resources and the things that you already have available to you and like watch the impact that it has in your life. It's it makes a lot of sense to be skeptical of the way that self-care is being talked about in the mainstream right now. What I don't want to happen is for people to write it off and be like, well then that means I don't need it because it's actually the opposite. Like the rates of how many people are burned out, how many people are feeling lonely, how many people are feeling stressed out like We need this and we don't necessarily need it the way that it's being sold to us right now. So if you come back to yourself and your wisdom, I can like almost guarantee you that you will find beautiful, fun, exciting, nourishing ways to care for yourself that don't require you to follow a bunch of trends or frameworks that other people are trying to force on you. I love that. And I love also that you know, you're kind of owning like, yes, and this is something that I'm doing business-wise. It is because it is needed and, you know, there is a free assessment and the framework that you're sharing, like I said, aligns with so many different other things that came from a yoga place and you extrapolated on that. 
I recently read a book by Mindy McKenzie, who's the CEO of Beauty Counter, a company I partner with, and she talks about it from the perspective of life scale. And it really aligns with like all these things that you're talking about are very similar. Maslow's hierarchy is, you know, many years old. Ultimately, all of these things are trying to get us to connect with that place within ourselves and to think about more than one or two specific areas of our life. Because I find in talking to a lot of people, most of us do a pretty good job in the areas where we feel comfortable, right? That as you do your take care assessment, as you do, you know, any sort of like self-reflection, I do a pretty good job of certain areas because it feels more natural to me. It feels easy to me. It's the areas that I don't do a good job in that I really need to focus on. And when I do, when I take the pause, when I, you know, that's really hard for me to ask for help or to let go of control. When I do those things, that's when I feel the weight lifted off my chest. That's when I feel my cup getting full. You know, when I allow myself for me an Enneagram 8 with, you know, control issues, like when I get vulnerable, when I tell people thank you, when I ask for help, it's so hard and it's so needed. And those are acts of self-care for me. And so, you know, everybody has their own unique needs based on their current life, their past, all these things. And if we aren't fully focusing on this spectrum, which is why people are creating the framework, it's not necessarily just to sell something. I do think that there's, as you said, especially during the pandemic, a lot of like people and brands trying to capitalize on that. And at the same time, a lot of this stuff existed before and just became more popularized because it already exists in the world for many, probably thousands of years. We've known that we need community. It takes knowledge that we, you know what I mean? Like all these different things are not new concepts, yet the way that we interact in the world is constantly changing. And so that means that how we process and how we react and work within that world needs to be modified a little bit, which is where I think your idea, you know, reevaluating self-care based on the season of life that you're in is really impactful and important because I, I immediately go back to when the world shut down for the pandemic. My husband was an essential worker. He was working all the time. I basically became like a single mother to four teenagers and virtual school myself. And it was a very different world for me um, from being at home all day by myself when my kids were in school and it was very peaceful and quiet. And it hadn't ever occurred to me that I was a person that needed separation, that I was a person that needed quiet because I had built my life intuitively around creating a space for myself that like I valued even before I was a stay-at-home mom. I well, I'm a work at home, but that I valued the time that I had in my car to commute to work, that I had created a space for myself to kind of recharge and to do activities or thoughts, you know, listen to music and sing out loud. Like these are acts of self-care that I had built into my life. And then my season of life changed, my season of life changed. And now, 
you know, my kids are home for the summer at school or when they go back to school, like everything shifts a little bit in our lives. And that means that how I build activities or thoughts or set aside time has to change as well. And I hope that people can see that a lot of that had nothing to do with spending money with someone. It didn't cost me anything to, well, I guess it cost a little bit in gas, but to like sometimes just drive around the neighborhood and listen to music I enjoy or listen to a free podcast or, you know, whatever it is. I currently have a ritual of reading books and it's really fulfilling for me. And, you know, if you have like a Kindle membership or, you know, you check out books from the library, it won't cost you anything. I think that there are a lot of things and it's not just somebody trying to sell you a massage or, I don't know, I guess people are selling supplements for self-care and I don't even understand. That's how it works. But like, we're not here to do that. We're here to help you get in touch with yourself. And it didn't cost you anything that very first time that you had your back that you shut your planning and you know your Sunday ritual and to take a bath like no one got your money that night but it gave you a needed recharge to change your life ultimately and I think that if we all give ourselves space sometimes it can really have that monumental impact on our well-being that was so well said yeah and I think part of the way that I like to talk and conceptualize self-care in general involves like a lot of holding space for our evolution, a lot of sitting in like the nuance and in the gray. And so that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm a person who like has a self-care company and I feel multiple different ways about it. And also I think it's really important to be having this conversation. If people are listening to this and they've taken away like a tangible way to care for themselves and they never buy my book or never buy anything from the company. Like I've still done my job. I like to say that my job is connecting people to their inner wisdom. And if I haven't done that, then I haven't done my job. So yeah, I just loved hearing some of how you navigated what was a really difficult time. And I think there's so much for us to learn when we hear people sharing their stories of how they cared for themselves and how they navigated. Again, not so everyone listening can be like, okay, I need to do exactly what Stacey did or exactly what Taylor did. But it can give you inspiration that then you can filter through your own inner wisdom and see how you can get to a similar place based on your needs and personality and resources and circumstances. Absolutely. Which leads me to where I always like to leave listeners with something positive and actionable that they can take away today to be of service on either themselves or to maybe share with a partner. So for example, for me, I'm going to make sure, I mean, Matt produces the show, but I'm going to make sure he actually like listens to what you said in the ADHD section, because I think it will really help him. So whether it's for you or if you're already, you know, feeling really strong in your self-care practice, maybe something that people can do to share with others to move forward and connect with their inner wisdom, like you said. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I would encourage people to do, like today, and maybe you pause right after I say this and then finish the rest, last little bit of an episode of the episode later, 
is to like take some time to be present with yourself without distraction. Even, and I'm not saying take some time, take 30 minutes. I'm saying like take 30 seconds, take two minutes to be with yourself in your body. How am I feeling? What do I need right now? How can I give that to myself right now? And when you start to practice having that conversation, it's becomes like less of an explicit thing that you need to do regularly and more it's just like running in the background. How am I doing? How am I feeling? What do I need? How can I give it to myself with love? Like even right now I'm looking and I'm like, oh, my glass of water is empty. After this, I need to have like a big glass of water. That's what I need. Sometimes it's I need to have a conversation. I need to stretch. I need to take a five-minute break on this task and do something a little bit mindless so that I can come back to this with fresh energy. There's so like there's an infinite number of ways that you can answer that question and respond with love, but you can't respond if you aren't asking and listening. I love that idea. And one of the things that I've tried to build in as a way, because I'm not very good at that, I'm I get on a task and then I'm like, I am going to finish this task and I'll sit at my desk, give myself a urinary tract infection if that's what it requires and has in the past. (laughs) Not anymore. But one of the things that I've built into my own self-care practice as an example of this is like, I try to be mindful of hours. And so like on the hours, give myself some sort of break, whether it's I'm just walking to the bathroom, whether I'm letting the dogs outside, whether I'm checking the mail, Right. Like finding some sort of thing to literally allow my brain to not do an activity on my phone, to not be responsible for someone else, just to like be with myself. And I think, you know, it then allows me to have that time and space of like, okay, now that I'm up, now that I'm away from my desk, what do I need right now? You know, all those kinds of things that. I think oftentimes we forget to check in with ourselves. So I love that idea. I would also say take the take care assessment because why not? It's free. The self-care assessment is on innerworkout.co and you're not obligated to anything. You're not having to pay for anything. And I think getting some ideas from where are those areas of your life that you might be neglecting and not realize it that could be super impactful to your health and wellness could really benefit you. And I also want to encourage listeners while you're going to the show notes to get the links or to check things out, you can also follow Taylor. You have a lot of great tips and different kinds of things that when it comes up on your social media, maybe that's an opportunity for you to, you know, remember to pause and take those moments to check in. I know that I follow a bunch of people on social media that remind me to do those things. So you can follow Inner Workout on Instagram and you can find Taylor Elise Morrison on Instagram and we'll have both of those links in the show notes for you. And of course, if you are inspired and you want to check out Taylor's book, it's available on the website that I mentioned, but it's also, I'm assuming, available on Amazon or where else could they find those things? Really, wherever books are sold. Awesome. And listeners, I want to thank you for being here today with both of us. If you'd prefer for shows to be delivered to your inbox ad-free, 
you can sign up at patreon.com slash the whole view, which is a great way to support the show that we create and produce ourselves. But so is just leaving a review or hitting the follow or subscribe button in whatever app you're listening. It helps other people find us and it's hugely beneficial. So I really appreciate it. If you could just take that time, that's a, you know, great pause right now. Check in with your own needs and then be like, and community care. I'm going to help JC and leave a review. <laughs> and we put a list of resources into the show notes for you. The quote that I used from Taylor earlier, I'll share that Instagram post. But I just want to thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to grow through your own personal changes. No one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can become better versions of ourselves. Taylor, thank you for doing that with us today and for being here. And listeners, we'll be back again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.